Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to the KPC Underground Podcast. My name's Aaron, and I'm really excited today to be with Elisa Newhall. She is a friend and also very recent now co-worker. Uh, I got to know Elisa through a really cool concert series that she did and is still doing uh, in yep. Seattle called Birdsong House Concerts. And... Um, Got to know some really cool artists through that, and Elisa brought me out to do some video uh, for that kind of thing. But I wanted to talk with Elisa because we're going to be doing a thing on this podcast where uh, we meet all of our staff here at KPC, and you learn about what what the heck they do here and what their life is all about. And I want to dig into a little bit of your history with music because you have a pretty unique, I think, perspective and story when it comes to being a musician and primarily a music uh, educator. You have a lot of, obviously, experience in the education space. And I was telling Elisa before we started today that I don't actually know the answers to a lot of these questions. <laughs> Sometimes the interview, you know, I, I, who was it, James? Uh, who was the guy that did Inside the Actor's Studio? You know, his his uh, advice was you have to know the answer to every question that you ask. You know, you should already know the answer. I don't actually know the answer, so maybe this this person would be would be mad at me or maybe I'm not doing it right. But I'm excited to learn the answers to some of these questions I have. So, Elisa, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. It's Elisa, everyone. It's pronounced. Hey Lisa. It's like Hey Lisa, without the H. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> everyone sees it spelled. You know, it's A I L I S A. It's like Lisa, but then like an A I before. But it's, uh, there, people are like, Is it Elisa? Don't go to Starbucks. It, uh, yeah, don't go to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just don't <laughs> go. Get it wrong. Just say it's. Hey, just say Lisa. You know, but it's a Lisa, and um, she's here, and I'm. I'm. Yeah, super excited to be talking to you today. So talk about a little bit about walk us through how you first got involved in like, let's say playing music as a musician. Have, have you always played music growing up or was it something that came later in life or just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, someone actually asked me this for their blog a couple of days ago. Uh -huh. how, how did you get into music? Yeah. And I recall a video that, um, from when I was about nine months old, <laughs> my dad was sitting on the couch playing the guitar and, he well, he was sitting there, and then he started playing, and I was like shaking a shaker or whatever, yeah. and I like looked up and was immediately like, "What's that? Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> a guitar!" And so I like crawled quickly across the floor and and went up and kind of looked at him, and then I started strumming <laughs> the right. guitar. I was like, "Just instinctively, this is, yep, this is yeah. my thing. This is what um, I want to do." Yeah. yeah. Okay. And surprisingly, um, I then took to piano, okay. and yeah. so piano was my main instrument for mm. a long time. I started lessons around four, you know, yeah. when the little tykes start and ended up with a piano performance degree okay. and which led me to singing because I could read music. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my gigs ended up being me as a singer because I could read music. Gotcha. And okay. um, yeah, and guitar cool. didn't come back in until later on. Right. And then how, how did that pivot then to um, your your involvement in music education. Did you always have a passion for that or did you kind of, did opportunities sort of fall out of the air for that or how, what was yeah, that like? Yeah, they, they did. In fact, I mm. worked at, in college, I worked at Camp Orkaila on Orcas Island. Okay. And uh, at the time they didn't have music as part of their rotation during the day. So there was like kayaking and ropes and things and they had this big um, 
this big area inside where I was like, it's camp. You, you have to sing, right? Like campfire <laughs> songs. That's you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I yeah. added that as uh-huh. one of the things that I started teaching. Right. And that was when I was in school for voice performance and piano performance. Okay. And I just gravitated towards teaching the kids, right. you know, having this choir and everybody signed up for the choir. We had a huge camp choir and I don't know right. if it continued after I left, but, um, right. yeah, that was, that was my little taste. And then at, at school they said, Oh, you're, you can sing, you know, you, now you have this degree. Um, <clears throat> they sent me to France to, to sing mm. opera and I studied at a conservatory there, um, classically. Wow. And I ended up in a French rock band that toured. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I, it's kind of come all around. And I realized the touring life and the, the classical singing life was really lonely. Uh, and so as I was in France again, then I went to, I ended up in a choir and I ended up teaching that choir. And mm. they didn't or wouldn't speak any English. And right. it was like my beginning <laughs> French, you wouldn't know. Speak any English. Right. Yeah, well said. So I'm sitting there in front of a choir with my minimal French and yeah. their non existent uh, English. Yeah. And we were communicating in music. Right. So that right. was really cool. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes they can speak English, but they choose not to. Yeah. It's one of those things. Which is great. I, I, then, I love Paris. Yeah. I love the French. I love Paris. <laughs> but no, that's wow. That's uh, that's interesting. I mean, talk about I mean, that, you, you know, you glossed over, but um, being being a person in a band or being what did you say? Being a being a touring musician is lonely mm-hmm. what do you mean by that talk about that a little bit um so one of my claim to fames during that time of my life is i did a a recital and kathleen battle was on the recital uh-huh. and she and explained to she to, to kathleen battle is, is yeah. a very well-known um classical singer okay and someone that i um at the time was just thought she was probably the best in the world mm. And having that experience, I saw that she didn't want to talk to anyone. She wanted mm. to go back into her dressing room. And so they mm. had a dressing room for me, for her, and a few of the other performers. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't get to mingle with the orchestra and the choir because right. we were just soloists. Yep. And so I didn't get to meet anyone. And mm. the other soloists, you know, went with Kathleen Battle's lead yeah. And didn't talk to people and kind of were like, oh, well, we're above all these others. And, right. And my attitude was like, no, I want to meet these people. Yeah. I want to talk to them. And I was just stuck alone in my dressing room with nobody. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I mean, you, cause, because I think the obviously the, you know, to someone who hasn't been involved in it, you're like, what? I mean, what do you mean it's lonely? You have all these adoring fans and you're playing for thousands of people. But I think by design, it's interesting that it, it kind of... Um, it, it, even the the structure of like being in a band or being an artist can sometimes really lead to that. Even sometimes by design, if someone is an introvert or whatever. I remember watching this like Adele uh, special that she was doing, and she was out in wherever it was, Radio City Music Hall or somewhere in London, I think, or, or some huge concert venue. A bunch of you know beautiful, adoring fans, and it there's a camera when the show ended that followed her. And she went from, ah, uh, you know, like uh, all these people cheering to like 
this tiny room with only her best friend and she like collapses in his arms and starts crying, you know, for whatever reason. But I think the, the extreme sort of shift from like all of this adulation and adoration to like, I'm all alone here. No one actually really knows me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've had friends who have had a lot of mental health issues, you know, for, for those actual reasons. Cause it was such a high. And then, you know, it, it's almost like the, the withdrawal from like, from like the high of like performing. And then you realize it's all, <laughs> yeah, it's all kind yeah. of a sham or not a sham, but it's all, it, it's just here and then gone, I guess. And, and I'd say like, you know, here's Adele. And then the example of like, the touring artist who yeah. people don't really know, like necessarily, like mm. nobody knows who I am. But um, when I was touring with the French band, the people did know the French band, right. and so then there was this American, which was like, "Oh, you have an American," you know. Uh-huh. Like, in fact, in fact, I was trying really hard to to have a French accent when I was speaking French <laughs> and singing French, right, right. and I would ask for feedback, and they would say oh, no, we like your American accent. Keep uh-huh, singing. And uh-huh, I'm like, oh, uh-huh. I think it sounds terrible. Yeah. Like, I want to, you know, and they're like, no, no, you're... Y- That's you're part the- of the appeal. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, Interesting. Mm. but we'd have fans that all of a sudden, you know, they see you and they think, oh, you're my friend or you're whatever. Yep. And it's not really who you are. Right. And so they're, you, you don't connect with them on the level that, that you connect mm. with students. Right. So mm. when I'm teaching and I just kept being drawn to teaching a choir or teaching, you know, anyone music because you get to really know them individually and they mm. know who you are as a person, what your right. values are. And they, they're not making up the, these stories about you uh, when you're on the stage and you're performing and you're, right. you know. Right. It's a much more organic or, or, or let's say kind of natural, authentic type of relationship. Mm-hmm. It lends the, 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 the venue kind of lends itself to that authenticity yeah. in the sense that you're not trying to impress them even if you were they don't really care or whatever that's part of like yeah. what I love too about even you know um, being with students or even just being a parent mm-hmm. is you know I, I have a 13 year old kid and you know I can't I can't impress this kid like nothing I do you know what I mean <laughs> how do you like my outfit or whatever he's like mm, uh, whatever you know and uh, and so I mean yeah that's that's interesting so you so um, so what happened next then? I mean, out of like, I mean, you, you were involved, I mean, how many years has it been now since you've been sort of heavily involved in the education space, would you say? Um, well, I, I returned from France. I moved back to, to Seattle Yeah. and I decided, um, I will, I will bring my roots to Seattle and mm. perform here as a classical musician. And I did a lot. Um, and which was, it was nice. It was a smaller scale because yeah. you can't tour and you can't take these jobs, you know, yeah. wherever they are. Um, but I was, I felt like the community aspect was so much more important. Mm. And, um, but I wasn't, you know, fully making a living performing. Right. And so um, in my 20s, <clears throat> I said, well, how about we do this teaching thing like legit? Mm. Mm. And, so I went to grad school at UW mm-hmm. and got my ed degree and another music degree and, you know, like just kept learning, uh, did choral conducting. And at that point got my first teaching job in the mm-hmm. North Shore School District. Yeah. And, and how long ago was that then? 2006. 2006. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm old enough now where I, I, if you say that 
that like 2006 seems like pretty that's pretty recent but that was actually <laughs> Six. 16 years ago 15 16 yeah <laughs> i can't do math simple math anyway 16, you guys will figure yeah. it out 16 out there years somewhere. ago <laughs> yeah 16 something like that so um 2006 cool so obviously you're still so you're doing music education in various forums and things like that and then you're you're still performing but also i think one of uh, the cool things about you is you're a really great sort of community gatherer and you're like hey this person should hang out with this person and these people should all be together and i think the culmination of that seems like to me from my uh perspective is this birdsong house concerts thing that you've put together what was the impetus why did you want to start something like that and talk about what that what that is sure so birdsong is a, ha- a kind of an elaborate house concert series yeah. because my dream was having a venue and, mm. you know, has always kind of been um, having a place where I can support artists and that they are compensated for what they're, wor- you know, mm-hmm. what they're bringing. And then also to have really great artists being shared with the community that might not get to see them or know about them because I'm doing the research and they're busy with their lives. Yeah. And, um, that was just kind of a dream in the back of my mind Mm. while I'm doing everything else. And then the pandemic hit and I saw literally good friends living out of their vehicles. Wow. Cause they had, Mm. they had been touring and living paycheck to paycheck and making their, their income on, their performances that just right. disappeared. Right. And so And I think that's a that's a maybe good point to underpin that a lot of these artists, this this you know, you have people who are just doing it for fun, don't expect any money from it. And then at the upper echelon you have people who are like just loving it and Taylor Swift and you know and and Adele and Ariana and these huge pop stars who obviously have lavish lifestyles and are you know uh, touring in style and and things like that. But in between there is 99.99%, uh, well, you know, maybe of, of all artists who are in this kind of working band life. And it's a grind. It mm-hmm. is a grind. Having tasted it a little bit myself, and you know that it is tough. And there's v- very seldom is there a nest egg, you know, of like, oh, if I, you know, um, if, if my gig's dried up, I have a... You know, oh, I've got two years of runway. It's like no, I mm-hmm. have I have six weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, before, like you said, they're living out of their car. So I think that it 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 really did hit, especially people who were who were like this working musician trying to make it work, don't really have other jobs necessarily. Um, so you saw that and you wanted to like do something about it. Yeah, it was um, it was scary. Yeah, um, the amount of people that were just and and forgotten about. Yep. You know, like let's work, let's help. Teachers, let's help, help, you know, luckily I, right. I taught online. Right. And so, you know, I kept having a paycheck, um, healthcare workers, delivery people and stuff, but right. there wasn't a safety net. There wasn't right. people coming together for mm. artists, um, and performers. And <clears throat> so I went mm. about building an outdoor venue so that like literally the first concert I put on we had chairs in our backyard spaced out like 10 feet apart. Right. And it was as yep. soon as... I was like, at that one, right? That was <laughs> I the think, one. Yeah, yes, I was there. you were. Yeah, you yeah. were there. Um, <laughs> as soon as people were allowed to um, gather, 
even right. outside. Right. We couldn't do anything inside. Venues were still closed, you know, yeah. everything. Um, we had this first concert and it was kind of like, we're going to just do it, yep. you know? And I knew I invited um, Jasper Lee Pack and Olivia Brownlee. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we're great folk artists. Folk artists. Yep. And people that I knew would be entertaining and are high quality songwriters yep. and um, have a following and lost all their gigs, you yeah. know, mm. um, to, to open this show. And it was sold out like yep. immediately. And it was, and it was pouring rain. <laughs> and then it was pouring rain. And so it was like, are people going to even show up? Because it's like a deluge. It was maybe like May of, yeah. 2020 or something. And for people who don't know, you might you might be thinking, well, you live in Seattle, you're asking for it. It rains there all the time. It rains here. It's it's always there's a permanent mist, you know, mm-hmm. from from it's October it's to to June. <laughs> it's misty, so we don't carry. You don't see us carrying around umbrellas. That's always one of the things. Like you can always tell someone who's not a local to Seattle if they're carrying an umbrella. <laughs> but it was pouring it was rain. Pouring it rain. was not it was it, like buckets. This was like Florida. This was like. <laughs> <laughs> and and so we it was strange but you, you know to your credit there were um you had all of these tent kind of situations and you had yep. little pods of <laughs> like five chairs of you know h- h- this family can sit together yep. and then we're spaced out with another we another had, one or whatever I think we and, had 15 tents right yeah and and it, and they kept the rain out i had a camera underneath you know we filmed that show and and everything and it was um got some great got some great footage and it was uh it, it was amazing you know i mean it was i it, it was sort of like really representative of like what a lot of us did during those times which was you just kind of made it work you know Mm -hmm. um and so yeah and people showed up they i put the word out i said we need tents right and people started Mm. bringing tents right and the stage Mm. is covered yeah the stage is very it's a big deck it's a big deck with a covered see-through at your house uh, yeah in the back of my house yeah and then we have curtains that cover the house so if you sit there you don't know there's a house behind it and and it just looks like like, a stage yeah Yeah. it looks like a stage in the middle of a park that's the thing Um, it's it's like it's a little misleading to go birdsong house concerts because really you go it's it's this outdoor venue mm -hmm. and uh, you know when i when i got there i was like whoa this (laughs) is not (laughs) this is not what i thought it was gonna be you you guys went all out and i think that's the um you know, I think when artists see that too, I think it, it seems like the, their reaction is they feel really cared for there. Because mm-hmm. obviously, an artist can go and do an intimate performance at someone's house, and that's all that's cool. But I think when they come into these venues that are like clearly someone spent a lot of time and money on on these on these venues, and there's lighting there, and it's like this big, you know, pretty big space. You could fit a band mm-hmm. back there. You know, um, a lot of these artists are just kind of solo artists or whatever, but. Um, but that, that really impressed me, you know, seeing this. And I think that was a, that's, that's been a really cool, fun thing to be a part of the few. I've been to three, I think of the, of the mm-hmm. shows, you know, you've had there and, um, every one of them has been totally different, but I see the strength of that community that you've, you've kind of, um, yeah, and you know, everyone there. That's the other thing is like Elisa knows everyone at these, at these, <laughs> at these events. And, um, you're just a really good connector of people. And that's what I, you know, uh, I've just been really impressed with, um, with you. So that's something that's continuing, right? Uh, sort of ongoing. Do you have different seasons or you have, you have shows coming up that you're excited about? Yeah. We, well, <clears throat> because I'm putting all my energy into this new position yes. here, yes. I actually haven't booked my next season yet. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Last year was a little crazy, but I had everything booked in January of last mm. year for for the season, and yep. it, the season went June through September, um, and I had a few sque- that I squeezed in early because they begged me to come. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so but now I'm this this will be the third season of Bird gotcha. Song, and cool. so I don't have to do a lot. I am going to Folk Alliance to. Um, uh-huh. Which the is conference, the Folk Alliance conference, which is in Kansas City. Okay. And where there's like 2,500 concerts happening. Wow. Um, and getting to see a lot of artists mm. and who do I want to bring out and who yeah. can we have a stop on the tour, you know, yeah. type thing. I think you know, that's really interesting because you're, you're, you're like, I know this community. I know these people who I am friends with. I, and, you're you're sort of you're hand picking like you're 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 picking a menu for mm-hmm. for you're like you'll like this trust yes. me trust me yeah. you're gonna like it and I think they have the buy in of like yep we you know like we and I think that you know we have a little bit of that here at KPC too mm-hmm. where we curate this season for people where we're like yeah the, they'll like this they'll like mm-hmm. this and even if and there's a lot of there is a lot of buy in and that's that's a fun community to be a part of where that there's that kind of level of trust and you yep. know t- when it comes to you know creative endeavors um just full stop i think the the um the area of trust is something that like is really important you know mm-hmm. like i i trust you with you know your taste level or whatever so you're you're hand picking kind of these these artists for people to come and enjoy and they appreciate you for it and they appreciate the artists and you're sort of connecting you know all of these people or whatever so that's yeah, pretty, my really cool. um, my goal is to have it be a very micro community. So like right. as many people as possible can walk to the venue. And so, right. you know, like getting because I think it's really important. And there's there's maybe 50 people there at a show or how many how many people? Um, come? Yeah, is, about 60 to 80, 60 to 80 yeah. people. Yeah. Kind of cram in the backyard there. Mm-hmm. And, and Yeah. Yeah. So. And having like I've learned through the pandemic that it's so important for our communities, like for us to talk to each other yeah, and especially the people that you live by and, Mm. and also to get those people involved with live music Mm. because they, uh, once they get there, if they sign up and they're like, Ooh, that sounds cool. They keep coming back. Right. You know, like my Mm. email list is exploded. Right. And so I, I, I know now and I can tell the artists like, I'll send an email out. I'll send some promo about the artist, why I like them. Here's a little clip. Here's some pictures. And they'll sell out in a couple of days. Right. You know, like right. seat requests well, will be done. So That's so cool. So let's talk about <clears throat> a little bit about now your role. You've come on in the past, what is it, month? How long have you worked here now? Yeah, a Co- month, couple of months. Month, two months. Couple, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Elisa is our newest hire here at... Uh, Kirkland Performance Center. And you are the, tell me what your title is, the director of... Director of... of Community programs and education. Community programs and education. So during, you know, the last few years, we have been re-examining and examining like what we do here at KPC. And obviously the the knee-jerk thing, the thing we've always done and will continue to do is put on shows in our beautiful, you know, 400-seat theater space. Um, what do we do other than that? One of the things, you know, when the pandemic started was when I got hired was hey, we are going to do these streaming shows. And that has led to even what we're doing now, which is this podcast. And I think we're, we're looking for ways to engage with our community that 
is maybe outside of the traditional kind of theater space or outside of like buy a ticket, come to a show. And, and Elisa is, you know, you are a, a huge part of, I think, what the future is going to look like here at, at KPC, at, as am I, doing, uh, you know, media <laughs> and, and streaming shows and things, the podcast, things I'm excited about. So talk about some of the programs uh, that you've already started and some of the ones that are, are future programs here and some of the, I guess, just the, the spirit behind like what you want to do here specifically at KPC and, and why you want to do that and why you're excited about it. Yeah. I, um, so I taught 10 years of middle school, junior high music Uh in the North Shore school district. And then I taught six years at the high school. Um, and really like connecting with what's coming up, like connecting with the future, connecting with these Mm. kids, they have a way of existing in the world that we can't possibly understand. Mm -hmm. And they have wisdom that we can't understand, Yeah, you know? And I started um, a songwriting project with my middle school students Mm -hmm. um, 13 years ago, I want to say. And I was like, Hey, you know what, what the public school does is it gives, it says, do this. Like you guys need to, you you know, inquire, you get handed 10 pieces of music, learn this music. We're going to perform it. Yeah. And same with band orchestra. And I was like, well, but I want to hear the kids' voices, like actual, their voice, their thoughts, you know, what are they, Mm. how Mm. do they think about this music? What are they, um, what's their reflection? Because I'll ask them things about the world, current events, stuff like that. And they, and things, their answers are mind blowing. Right. And so I was like, you, you know, yes, performing is great. And it's really important to like learn from the masters, the composers and stuff, but there needs to be a time where they get to share their own thoughts and their own expression and ideas Mm. through music where they're creating it. Mm. And that's just not really the model of right. our public school music programs. Mm. And I think it's going towards that. Um, but giving them really a voice was huge. And mm. especially starting at the middle school age, so like 11, 12, 13, I took them through how to write a song. And right. I was overwhelmed with what they wrote, like wow. what they were coming up with, not only melodically, accompaniment, but the lyrics, the words, like we would talk about lyrics and the cliches and yes, write about your love and write about breakups and things and right. um, or write about this plant that you see on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just the stuff that they came up with, we couldn't come up. There's just no way. Right. You know, we have we have too much packed in behind us, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I took them to Bear Creek Recording Studio at the time. Mm-hmm. Jerry was there. I don't know if you, you know him. But I think he... <laughs> I met Jerry once. And, but, um, yeah. Bear Creek is an amazing uh, <laughs> recording facility. Storied, been there for like 40 years or something outside of, uh, outside of Seattle in Woodenville, which uh, I have a great connection. We both have a mutual friend, Taylor, there, who's the house engineer, who we both love very much. So, yeah, Bear yeah, Creek. Yeah. yeah, so having a, an experience where they got to step out of the classroom and be in this place where 
they're literally, you know, they get to sing their song and then they get to sit in the control room and they get to see, like, you know, wow, they hear yeah. it back <laughs> and they see, um, they see it on the Pro Tools, yeah. you know, and they get to go fine tune things. And yeah. it's so powerful because it's this one-on-one -on -one moment of like, I care about what you have to say. In fact, I yeah. care so much Ugh. that right. we're recording it and we're putting it into the song. And this is, you know, that's why I love Jerry. I love Taylor so much because mm. he, he treats this, you know, he treated them like the pro artists, right. like Brandy Carlite, like the people yep. that record there. Yep. And they came away feeling like I have value. I have power. Wow. I have something to say. And yeah. I wanted to take that into a larger, on a larger scale. Right. I mean, wow. I mean, that's hugely important. Never mind. No matter how old you are or young, the, the idea that I, what, what I have to say has value and then never mind in the, in the minds of like 11, 12, 13 year old kids who are like that pivotal moment in their lives where they are developing their identity. Who am I? What, you know, where is my kind of place in the world at that crucial stage going, yes, what you do is awesome. And wow, how'd you come up with that? And, and those are things that those kids are going to like remember forever. They will remember forever um, how you made them feel in those moments of like imparting that value of like, yes, your, your experience is valuable. It's valid. I believe you, you know, and I think that's just like, um, you know, we did recently our little pilot songwriting class. And that was one of the things, you know, because I haven't had a lot of experience in music education, but that was one of the things that that did really stick out to me. These young kids, I tell you what, Gen Z is like my favorite generation. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. They're they're the they're the reason that I am actually hopeful for for the future is these kids who like are not afraid to just be vulnerable and wow, this song's about my parents divorce and what, whatever it is like, like hardcore stuff that these kids are writing about really honest, being really vulnerable. Wow. This made me so sad and, and whatever. Um, I'm like, wow, you know, and, and you know, yeah, to your point, I've had that similar, just to echo kind of what you're saying when you, when you allow kids to have a voice, it's like, it's amazing what, uh, what, what comes out of that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and it kind of happens on the opposite too. When, for music, <clears throat> when you're in a young age and you're told, oh, you can't sing. Mm. Or you're told, oh, yeah, you, you just don't have the talent. You know, yeah. you weren't born with a gift. Right. And I, I sing in a, in a Baltic choir um, called the Maggie Ensemble. And it's a professional women's choir. It's incredible. Mm. It's like my safe place. And it's all <laughs> professional singers in mm -hmm. there. Um, and we travel we tour to the baltics mm -hmm. so estonia lithuania latvia and in those cultures everyone is a musician mm. like you learn music like you learn to read mm. and and so like the the curriculum the schooling I, you know i mean just kind of a no-brainer yes of course i read music right. of course i speak <laughs> you know i speak to you in that way and so i think it's such a shame that we put music on this pedestal for right. musicians only. Right. And so many people, you know people in your life that say, oh, I'm not a musician. Right. Oh, I, I can't sing. I can't come to the caroling gig. I don't sing. Mm. And it's like, what? You know, like everybody sings. Everybody should sing. Yeah. And so I want to have 
not only in these community programs, not only to have experiences for youth where it's different than what they get in the public school. Yep. Um, but for adults who should be participating in the music community. Right. Just because they are, you know, they their job during the day is not music does not make them any less of a musician. Yeah. And right. I think that we've been told that. Right. You know, we've been told that they're the musicians and they're the non-musicians. Right. And so... I'm starting a choir that I is a community choir, non-auditioned. You don't have to read music. You have zero experience. And I even have had people approach me saying, oh, I love to sing. Can I can I take some voice lessons first so that I can, you know, get ready for maybe I can be in this choir? And yeah. yes, of course, totally if do that. But yeah. um, but the choir is for everybody. Like. Yeah come sing with us. We're going to sing folk songs. We're going to sing country roads. We're going to sing, yeah. you know, uh, you don't need to know anything. Just come and right. enjoy the community and yeah. come together as a, as a people. It's you know? almost <laughs> like, you know, I, I used to, you know, so interesting for me as a, you know, growing up as a musician, always played music and things like that. I, I was always, and this is actually pretty typical. Uh, I would never want to do karaoke <laughs> because it was so strange. I was scared to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but karaoke now over the last cu- couple of years, it sounds funny, but has become a really, I, once I realized that no one cares mm-hmm. and almost like the worse you are, the more people cheer as long as you're into it and you're, <laughs> yeah. but that's a little bit of the philosophy that you're talking about. It's almost mm-hmm. like that karaoke kind of philosophy. No, come on. You can sing. What song do you want to sing? What song do you like? Come on. The lyrics will be up there go for it, you know, yeah. and, and that buy-in even from your friends who are, you know, we're all at the bar doing karaoke, just singing and it's fun and it's funny and it's, and it's us all together. That's kind of the spirit. It seems like you're trying to bring to yeah. something like a community yeah. choir. We're like, Oh, I can't really sing or like, uh, you know, I don't, whatever. Come on. Like, come I on and to sing. Be sec- to, like singing yeah. to be second nature. Yeah. Like uh, you reminded me of, um, when I was in college, and I had a crush on this person and <laughs> I was in a bar and all of a sudden his friend um, started singing that song from Top Gun. You've lost this love, that love and feeling, yeah. you know, right and it was like, it was incredible because the entire <laughs> bar of dudes oh, yeah. started singing that. They love that one. Frat so, boys love that song. I mean, like, and I looked around and I was just like. This is how it should be. Like right. everyone's singing together. You're all singing you know, now. they yeah. were being silly and they right. were like drunk and whatever. Right. But that's what you know. Like they weren't afraid to just sing at the top of their right. lungs together because that that environment gave them permission the permission to yep. do that. Yep. Where, you know, they wouldn't do that in a in a choir. Oh, that's too you know or whatever. But they'll do that at the bar with their friends and they're they're doing karaoke. So yeah. that's I think th- that's I think what I like about that that spirit of like no, come on. This is a community thing. No one's judging us. There's no Simon Cowell here. Like we're no, not you're, yeah. you're not going to be cut from the team here. No. This is the 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 singing together and the like wow, that's actually sounded pretty good. That's the whole point of it, you yeah. know. And um so that's really cool. So as we wrap up, I, ne- I we need to wrap up here, but uh where can people go online to kind of find out about um new programs that are coming up at KPC? things that you're involved in, you have your fingers in a lot of different pies, songwriting, community choir, other things. Uh, I, I did the uh, the um, production 
uh, camp, you know, a little a little while back. We'll probably collab on like a version two of that mm-hmm. sometime in 2023. So depending on when you're listening to this, uh, it might be sometime in the future. But where can people go to kind of find out more info about what you're doing at KPC? Well, um, we have our our education program classes are online. It's kpcenter.org slash class. And that okay, will so be updated. Yeah. Um, I do want to say quickly that um, I'm starting some programs for schools. Yeah. So school music programs. I I the other part of my life is singing in video game soundtracks. Uh-huh. And so um, if anyone likes like my big one uh, that it kind of broke into the scene is called Left for Dead. So if anyone likes to play zombie video shooting games, you you often hear me. In fact, I think I recorded eighty hours of. Myself singing for that game. Singing as a zombie? Uh, no, no, I'm no. the soundtrack. <laughs> but if you're killed by the witch, you will hear me singing the witch killing theme. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so, Here you go. Um, so those are the types Left of things death. that I do want to offer the students at school is to record a video game soundtrack and cool. have that experience. So those are the things kind of coming down the pike. Yeah. So kpcenter.org slash class will be um, updated with kind of the latest info on things yep. that you can get involved with here, whether you can that's sign up. songwriting, choir, video game stuff. And Elisa seems like she's, uh, she's coming up with something new every day. Uh, <laughs> no shortage of ideas from that brain over there. And so uh, thanks so much for sitting down uh, with me and kind of uh, hashing it out. I'm sure we'll have you down here again. And I know, you know, you've expressed an interest to, hey, let's bring a student down there and talk about their experience in the class and things like that. And so you'll be seeing a lot more from Elisa in the future as well. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Be sure to like and subscribe and do all the things. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you know that we're on YouTube. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, hey, we're also on YouTube. So you can watch or listen however you like to watch or listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening and watching. Please rate us five stars. That's our, that's our favorite rating. And uh, we will see you all next time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for KPC Underground. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting KPC at kpcenter.org slash donate. Your generosity helps us keep this and other programs going at Kirkland Performance Center. Be sure to check out our website for the latest events coming up. And hey, we'd also love to hear from you. Please rate our podcast, like, subscribe, comment, do all that stuff. And if you have a specific question or an idea for a show, email us at podcast at kpcenter.org. Thanks for listening.